Monica Dulcio, and welcome to the podcast, Here's What I Think, a weekly podcast that covers news, politics, pop culture, updates on my life, and new recommendations regarding music, television, film, and podcasts that I think you guys should also listen to. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. If you'd like to know how you can support me even more, please become a patron on my Patreon page. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Your support means the world to me. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support once again, and stay blessed. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Here's What I Think. I am your one and only host, Monica Dulcia, and I am very happy to be back with you guys once again. I have to say that I am being late with uploads, and I know that you guys want more from me, and um, I'll be sure to do my very best to bring you more podcast episodes. Now, let's get into the news. I do want to talk about, first of all, the wonderful results that happened, I think, I believe this week, with the primaries. And I'm very happy to see that Andrew Gillum has become the Democratic nominee for Florida's governor. And I think that's really amazing and really awesome. He's a really awesome person. He is working very hard. And he, like... Ben Jealous from Maryland and Stacey Abrams from Georgia, they are all running very progressive campaigns and they are running campaigns to become the governors of their states. And I think that's really awesome and very amazing. And I think it's super cool because there are 50 states and not one of them has had a black governor. And I think that Stacey Abrams will be amazing for Georgia. Ben Jealous will be amazing for Maryland. And I think that Andrew will be awesome for Florida. I think this is really great. This is a phenomenal thing that's currently happening right now. Gillum is, he is right now the mayor of Tallahassee. He was the youngest person elected to a city council at the age of 23. Abrams is a former state lawmaker. And she is so cool. She has been hitting it hard and she has been going at it. Like she is working so hard lately and I'm extremely proud of her. And she started her activism when she was just 19 years old and she has just not stopped since then. Jealous is a first time politician and he became an activist during his college years, eventually working his way up to become the NAACP's youngest ever president. I think that's really amazing. I think it's really cool. They speak to a lot of huge audiences and they are just practical, down-to-earth people who are very amazing and very phenomenal. They've all been endorsed by Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. which is super duper cool and really great and I'm so happy. And I really hope that they continue to do well. I know that they are working very hard to win 
their elections and they will continue to work hard and they're just they're so awesome i'm so proud of them i will leave links in the description so you guys can get to know them a little more because i really do think that if they will be elected as governors it will make it will be like it's going to be historic and i'm super proud i'm super happy for them all right let's get into some more new stories that happened this week let's just go into the biggest thing that happened this week which is basically the Mueller investigation blew up and now we are looking at something super huge and super historic and I am so happy that this is happening because who girls we say so this is crazy this is this is insane honestly it is uh, so basically, uh, Michael Cohen, Trump's former longtime personal attorney, pleads guilty to illegal campaign contributions at the direction of a candidate for federal office, which is basically, see, which is like huge, y'all. The candidate Cohen referred to was not named in court or in the criminal information charging document, but one of Cohen's lawyers, Lady Davis, Later said that Cohen had testified under oath that Donald Trump directed him to commit a crime. The campaign finance violations are associated with Cohen's role in a hush, alleged hush, money agreements with two women, Stormy Daniels and Carrie McDougall, who claimed to have had affairs with Trump. When the criminal investigation does not name Trump, the document does identify Cohen as the personal attorney to individual one, who at the point, who at that point, had become the president of the United States. The information states that Cohen made a contribution to individ individual one and did so by making it causing to be made an expenditure in cooperation, consultation, and a concert with at the request and suggestion of one or more members of the campaign to which Cohen made 130,000 payments to woman two to ensure she not publicize damaging allegations before the 2016 presidential election, thereby influence the election. This whole thing is pretty astounding and um, it's huge. It's huge that he confessed to this, that he pleaded guilty to all of the charges. And what's even crazier is that there are people outside of the courtroom when he was leaving screaming, lock him up. And honestly, yes, lock him up because Paul Manafort has to try guilty of tax fraud and now Michael Cohen is coming forward and they're both going to be in jail so now it's only a matter of time before Trump ends up in jail as well and this could lead to talks of impeachment and of course this idiot is denying it all but that doesn't matter if he's denying it because we know this to be true and Mueller is so happy right now he's working he's working so hard and he's dealing with so much and now look at this Look at all of this, y'all. Cohen's deal does not include an agreement to cooperate with prosecutors in the South District of New York where he was charged. However, it does not explicitly rule out the possibility of cooperating with Special Counsel Robert Mueller in the federal investigation into the Russian interference of the 2016 election. This is crazy. Because Cohen once said that he would take a bullet for the president. He spent years working for the Trump organization. And 
now that he has entered his guilty plea, this story is, uh, this whole story is huge. And I know that I'm pretty late to talking about what's happening with the story and like the guilty verdict of the Russia investigation, but um, my guy, this is astounding. This is, no, this is pretty astounding. So there has been a lot of talk about the Russia investigation. Many people believe that the investigation is politically motivated, and but most believe that it should continue. And I should say that this investigation isn't politically motivated. Like the FBI is investigating Trump, and the FBI has a very conservative investigation if you look back on its history. And Mueller is taking this very seriously, he's taking his time with every single thing he has to do with this investigation. And I think that Congress really should implement some legislation to protect Mueller. And I really think that um, the impeachment process should happen pretty soon. Because this investigation is crazy. Like, it's pretty insane. And I do think that he should, I do think that Trump should be indicted. Because this is like, trying to wrap your head around everything that is happening, trying to like explain every single part of the Mueller investigation, I sincerely cannot do that. But um, I do feel like it is important that we do stay conscious of what's happening. And I know that a lot of people feel like the Russian investigation is going on too long, why should we care? And I want people to remember that this investigation is happening because an idiot decided to collude with the Russians to hack the election that way he could become president and he has done nothing but be a terrible, terrible idiot in chief. He has done nothing but screw everything up, sign a terrible tax plan that no one likes, and constantly hold healthcare over our heads. And it's insane how Republicans are constantly picking what rights they are going to threaten to take away from us and how we have to keep calling our senators and our representatives and begging them and pleading for them hey please don't screw up our lives just because y'all want to have some fun okay because you like think about the your constituents for like five seconds maybe you need some health care and better education maybe you need to maybe you need to examine what's going on in the EPA or examine what Betsy DeVos is doing in the secretary as secretary of education maybe we need to look at what the heck is going on and what kind of laws are being signed that will hurt us in the future when this idiot is finally out of office, hopefully soon. That's what I sincerely have to say. I feel like we should all just be mindful about how this is continuing to happen and how Republicans are doing everything in their power to kind of like act like this investigation isn't a big deal when it is a huge deal that the FBI is investigating the idiot like a sitting president like a sitting president is being investigated right now by the FBI because he hacked the election with the Russians this is also, that sounds like something out of a really really bad action movie but it is sincerely real life and we need to be aware of that because if Russia hacked the election, they're going to hack the midterms as well. And they're going to try and get people 
elected who will not help America but hurt us even further and it's so crazy how this is happening it's it's practically mind-boggling how much has happened in such little time and how everything just like comes at you in like seven different ways you know and of course um, the idiot in chief he is complaining about the investigation talking about how Jeff Sessions should stop this rigged witch hunt right now before it continues to save our country any further and Rudy Giuliani is not doing his job at all. I don't know what Rudy Giuliani is supposed to be doing but this guy is a this guy's a terrible lawyer. He is a terrible terrible lawyer who needs to stop being on TV every five seconds and he's to literally just sit down and talk to his client because Every single day it's something new and something stupider and I can't take it. I guess those are my thoughts on the Russian investigation. I'm sorry they're not more like put together or well thought out. Honestly, if you want like more information on the Russian investigation, you should listen to Positive America. <laughs> they're much better at explaining it than I am. Okay, let's talk about let's now talk about Facebook and political bias. So recently, Facebook removed 652 fake accounts and pages with ties to Russia and Iran, attempting to, attempting to exert political influence in the US, UK, Middle East, and Latin America. The pages and accounts were divided between four separate campaigns, three of which originated in Iran, of coordinated inauthentic behavior disclosed by the social network today. Mark Zuckerberg says security is not something you ever fully solve. We have to constantly keep approving, approving to stay ahead, which I think is pretty great. I think it's good that Facebook is working hard to check activity on the internet and to see if there is any kind of propaganda that is spreading false information online and if the, if the activity is trying to influence the US midterms and, you know, trying to change the way people think about um, U.S. politics, you know, trying to influence them in negative ways. Because I remember Pizzagate, when Mike Cernovich, I think, he kind of like made it more popular in a way. And then there was, Pizzagate, if you don't know, was a conspiracy theory that Hillary Clinton was running a sex trafficking ring in the bottom of a pizza parlor which was totally false and totally fake and a guy went in the pizza parlor with a gun and like I'm pretty sure he killed someone and that's pretty terrible and awful and that's what happens when people read fake news on the internet they have this idea that it's real because it's online but you don't realize that there could be people in like Iran trying to influence the way that you think so there's also a campaign Link to the first one, it involved 12 pages and 62, 66 accounts on uh, Facebook, 9 on Instagram. The inauthentic accounts pose as news organizations and engaged in cybersecurity attacks, including attempting to hack accounts and spread malware, which really does suck. And I get that it can be hard for Facebook to um, try and moderate the internet i see that it's the possible job and honestly facebook has been attacked by like conservatives for what they perceive as a liberal bias and liberals 
for allowing um, white nationalism and Holocaust denials on the platform and they have been attacked by governments and news organizations for allowing fake news and disinformation to flourish and human rights organizations for its use of a platform to facilitate gender bias, harassment, and live stream suicide and murder. And um, and the thing is, the Facebook is such a huge platform. It it's true that they can't watch over all of it and study all of it, but the fact that they are trying to take these steps to monitor what's happening on their site and try to improve the platform because you know they believe it's a global community and they want like different like cultures to like come together and have like you know a conversation but this is a complex problem and there's no solution and that hurts facebook's business and you know they are trying to go about it in a way that doesn't threaten free speech but still allows people to go online and not feel like they're going to be told to kill themselves or not be given some fake news article about like I don't know cyborgs in your phone they'll make you a robot to the government or something like that and I think it's really great that they're trying their best to fix their website and try to remove like illegal content and try to like moderate the size of the influence that people could have on this website. I do think that Twitter could be better because there are a lot of white supremacists on Twitter and there are a lot of queer people who receive like death threats on Twitter. Like if you say fuck Elon Musk on Twitter for a while you could have got it removed from Twitter and that's something that's stupid and it sucks and you know there are also people on Twitter who are queer and they try to stand up for themselves and then their accounts get suspended on Twitter. So Twitter Twitter could use a, a better team, a better policy team about their platform, what people could say, what people can't say. Because it gets really annoying when Jack keeps buddying up with white supremacists every time they complain about their free speech being trampled. Because no one is trampling on your free speech. Free speech is that the government can't arrest you for what you say. But if people say, people telling you that, hey, your white supremacist rhetoric is not welcome here, then maybe, like, your white supremacist, your white supremacist rhetoric is not welcome here, you know? Maybe your ideology that white people are superior than anyone else, maybe the ideology, like, sucks. Have you ever thought about that? Sorry if I'm sound weird. My nose is stuffed for some reason. I have no clue why. It's so weird. But I mean, yeah, Facebook and like Instagram and Twitter, they have they've had failures in policy and in messaging and the failure to like see the dark nature within people. And um they've tried to work hard because Facebook is a business. And even though they've had like shortcomings and they've made honest mistakes and everything, uh, they're doing their best to try and look inside of their platform and try to enforce the rules, you know, through the internet. They're trying to do their best to 
fix what's going on. And I feel like they have done a good job of fixing that with like banning Infowars and basically Infowars being taken off that site because, you know, Infowars is a huge organization where they lie to people talking about how there's frogs in the water and it will make you gay or they say other things like they promote conspiracy theories or they say that Sandy Hook didn't actually happen but it did and they say that um, the shooting um, at the sh at the school in Florida how that didn't happen how David Hogg is a child actor it's a crisis actor or something like that and all these conspiracy theories are just theories thought up by people who don't know common sense or really have any like it's really ridiculous how people could actually believe that David Hogg is a crisis actor as if he did not survive a school shooting. That's really sad and really stupid and very terrible. And it's great that Facebook is doing their best to try and get hate speech off of their website. It's really great. But, um, you know, there are also problems with their policies. You know, like in recent months, there have been women who have shared the stories of sexual abuse and harassment and assault on Facebook and that technically violates Facebook's rules and the policy believes the policy team believes that it's important for people to be able to share that. So they're trying to rewrite the new rules and, you know, tweak them so that if someone wants to talk about the Me Too movement online, that they could do this in a way that is helpful to other people so that they can gain support through an online community, which is what Facebook is for. Facebook is for uh, reaching out to other people and building communities online where you probably can't build a community where you live. And I think that's really awesome. But I think it's really great. So, yeah. This is a long article in front of me where it's explaining everything that Facebook is doing, my guy, and I can't read all of it. I just, I can't. I told you how I feel. I told you what I think. There are going to be links in the description that you could definitely read to uh, talk about, like, you know, how you feel. So you could, like, read it and, like, come to a conclusion on your own about this topic. Okay, on to the next story. So, recently, Representative Duncan Hunter who is a Republican from California, and his wife Margaret were indicted Tuesday after being charged with using at least $250,000 in campaign funds for personal expenses. And the DOJ announced this. The indictment quickly led to Hunter being dropped from his position on several House committees, which Speaker Paul Ryan called the charges against him deeply serious. Apparently, this Republican was accused of using funds to purchase trips to Italy and Hawaii and pay for his family's dental work and his children's tuition. And he falsified campaign records filed to the Federal Election Commission to conceal the purchases by characterizing them as campaign travel, dinner with volunteers, contributions, toy drives, teacher, parent, and supporter events, so on and so forth. Um, so, also, U.S. Attorney Adam Braverman says that the indictment alleges that Congressman Hunter and his wife 
repeatedly dipped into campaign coffers as if they were personal bank accounts and falsified FEC campaign finance laws. That is pretty insane that he did this because that's a lot of money. He's been doing it for a long time. And also, apparently, um, he's going to remain on the ballot in California's 50th Congressional District in, in November. Which, you know, super great, super cool, can't wait to see what you run on for your campaign when you tell people that you basically stole money. You use money as, from your campaign funds to just do whatever you want. You know, just like go and like go to Hawaii and Italy and just like give, hand out international travel to your dozens of relatives. Like, that's, it's kind of crazy. He spent like all this money on like fast food, movie tickets, golf outings, video games. Do you not make money as a representative? Like, that's what I want to know. Like, are y'all broke? Do you not have enough money as a representative that you have to use your campaign funds for your own personal expenses? <coughs> and on November's ballot, Hunter will face off the Democratic challenger, Amar Kampa. Najar, who finished second in the June primary. Amar Kampar Najar. Oh, I'm so sorry. And apparently, um, he has been... Apparently, Amar has had attacks calling him the grandson of <coughs> terrorists. You know, which is... Uh, how wonderful is that? There was a white man who stole money to use for personal expenses. Mm -hmm. He stole money that was supposed to be for his campaign. And now he is trying to attack the man running against him by calling him the grandson of a terrorist. This Democratic nominee is like battling against these right-wing attacks that are coming at him from the Republican man ready against him who stole money for golf outings and movie tickets. This is bullshit. So, Amar, a progressive underdog in California's congressional midterms, has hit back against out-of-touch forces focusing on his grandfather's involvement in the 1972 Munich terror attack. The Democratic nominee said right-wing News outlets were using xenophobia and distorting facts by associating him with his terrorist grandfather, a man he expressly disavowed in, a, in an interview with The Independent. He said, This is another ploy from out-of-touch forces who play identity politics and don't want to talk about the issues. Obviously, people make a lot of assumptions about me that are not correct. First of all, when it comes to my distant relative who died 16 years before I was born, he influenced my thinking as much as he did yours, which is not at all. I knew him as much as you did, so it is really kind of a non-sequitur. It plays on xenophobia and distorting facts, and it really has no bearing. It is... It is pretty big of this guy, who has been indicted of illegal personal use of payments from a campaign account. It's pretty... It's He has the balls to try and attack the man running against him simply because he is brown. That is ridiculous and so rude. How 
dare you sir and I was like how dare Paul Ryan because I know Paul Ryan put his foot in this I know he was all up in this you know it you know he was and I really hope that Amar like continues to work hard on his congressional run and I hope he continues to like stay focused on his campaign because he is an amazing person running on great ideals and he's I believe that he was um, endorsed by Bernie Sanders political action group Our Revolution as well as Mr. Obama and he has received support from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who is an amazing democratic socialist who has been in the news a lot lately, lately and I sincerely love her to death and I think she's really great so I really hope they continue to work hard and he focuses on the voters because I think that Amar could win this election. Imagine Amar winning his election and Stacey Abrams and Ben Jealous and also Andrew Gillum winning their elections. Like how wonderful would that be if they all won their elections? I would be so happy. I that would be so amazing. It's so great. Okay, so now let's talk about 3D guns. You guys have probably forgotten about this, but a federal judge in Seattle hearing arguments over a settlement that allows a Texas company to post online plans for printing 3D guns said Tuesday, the overall issue of such untraceable plastic weapons should be decided by the president or Congress, which is a bad idea because the <laughs> government right now is overrun by Republicans and they would love to have more guns available to people. I remember when Sasha Baron Cohen's terrible show came out and he uh, suggested that five-year-olds have guns and then one of the people who were actually on his show like tried to drop a bill to be signed so that that could actually happen. Do you understand how ridiculous and stupid that is? Do you understand how insane that is? It also, he, the uh, the U.S. District Judge Robert Lasik said he'll rule by Monday on legal issues involving the settlement between the company and the Trump administration. He added, however, that a solution to the greater problem is such better suited to the other branches of government, which is going to be difficult because Congress likes to sit on their ass and do nothing. And he did grant a restraining order on July 31st that blocked the immediate re release of the plans online. However, the owner of the plan still posted them online for sale because, uh. surprise, surprise, he doesn't care about people dying. And I think that the conversation of like, gun deaths in America needs to be talked about more because there was just recently a shooting in Jacksonville and it's so sad that these things happen so often and the conversation like it like starts up and then we just drop it you know too many people die from gun deaths in America and our country doesn't do anything to stop it it's just like now we're just making guns at home like, do we really need 3D guns that you could make at home that are completely untraceable? This is ridiculous. This is a stupid plan. I don't know who in their mind thought that what this country needs is more guns. Do you not see that more guns would lead to more gun deaths? Like, it's, it's logic. Like, if you have guns that are less accessible to people, then maybe less people have guns. Like, you don't understand. The Trump administration, like... 
the Trump administration decided to roll back on an Obama law that required background checks for people who have mental illnesses if they want to buy a gun. You see how stupid and ridiculous that is? You see how mind-boggling that is? How infuriating and crazy that is? It's so stupid. And these plans to make a gun at home is a threat to society. You know, I get like the 13th, the Second Amendment. I said 13th. Second Amendment, right to own a gun. Yeah, whatever. But the same people who wrote the Second Amendment also thought that Black people were slaves and women shouldn't have voted and they also thought it was okay that they slaughtered Native Americans and stole their land. So maybe we shouldn't trust the people who like wrote the Second Amendment. You know, maybe they weren't really thinking clearly at the time because I'm pretty sure like this is insane. Like making 3D gun plants in your own home, it's too much. This is so ridiculous. And you know, there are too many stories of kids shooting each other when they find guns in their homes and a 3d gun looks like a toy gun it's awful it's terrible it's stupid and undetectable untraceable guns shouldn't be made in the first place you know and the judge the judge lastic he says people who have our best who have who don't have our best interests in mind could get these guns which could lead to a shoe bomber or 9-11 situations and he also said that those who fail at background checks such as mentally ill people and felons would be able to make a gun if they had access to a 3d printer you know this is dangerous and it is wrong and creating 3d guns in your house sounds like something you would hear a dystopian novel, that's something that's in real life, but it is real life and it's infuriating that this could happen. And I just wish people would see how awful and terrible and dangerous this is. And there are many states that are suing so that um, these aren't made, but um, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that this is happening. It's so ridiculous that someone would actually like think that this would be a good idea. This, these plans to build 3D guns is going to create more harm than good, and it's really going to hurt people. It is a huge threat to public safety. Safety, and it shouldn't. These these things should not be. These plans should not be sold. These things should not be made. It's really. It's going to destroy somebody if someone makes 3D guns. Like, this is far too dangerous. I have just four more stories I want to talk about and then I'm going to be done. Uh, I do want to talk about how- let's go back to guns. Um, I did talk about Secretary Betsy DeVos and she is considering a new plan that would allow federal education funds to go towards putting more guns in school. The, gun in, the guns in school plan would tap federal grants that are traditionally intended for academic enrichment and student services, but instead allow states to use the money to pursue to purchase firearms for teachers. The plan would take advantage of a loophole that, unlike other school safety measures, do not explicitly prohibit the use of money for guns. Now, this proposal isn't a reality yet. They're just considering it and evaluating policy issues. 
And honestly, there's no research that shows army teachers would be like a good idea, but there's plenty of evidence that with more guns around, there are more gun deaths. And uh, to be perfectly honest, the presence of a gun, if if there is a, like, a normal situation, like normal circumstances within a classroom, and you have a gun, that could escalate to some deadly violence, you know? And uh. me, there are people who have successfully defended themselves using an iron firearm, but teachers don't know how to control their anger all the time with students, okay? I have dealt with this as someone who go, has went to school. And to give a teacher a gun to protect students may result in something very tragic and very, very wrong. It's something that is not okay. And honestly, if you're going to, you're, you honestly think that spending money on guns will help stop skew shootings? Like, maybe we should start spending, if you have this extra money for guns to be given to teachers, maybe you should use that money towards the academic enrichment of people within school. Maybe we should pay teachers more so that they can afford to be teachers. And if you pay teachers more, maybe they'll like, I don't know, like their job more and try a little hard. Because there are some teachers who get paid really shitty hours and they also work at IHOP because they can barely make ends meet. And there are some teachers who get paid really badly and they kind of hate their job because of it. And some of them take about their students. Not all teachers do that, but some teachers do do that. And I think that we should sincerely look at how we treat the people who are kind of raising your kids and taking care of them, seeing as though these teachers, seeing as though these kids are with these teachers like eight hours of the day and they see them so often and these teachers kind of influence the way that they think. I think that having a gun in the classroom is not going to be a good idea and that if you spend more money on just education and like building better schools and like investing in better textbooks and maybe like raising a teacher's salary that would be that would be a better use of money that would be a better use of government funds you know it would be better to take federal grants and put it towards like giving teachers a pay raise rather than buying guns and putting them in schools because that sounds like a really 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 stupid idea especially in places where there are already failing schools and those schools did not get enough funding and the money that is meant to go to these schools goes towards like lawmakers and they use that money for other stuff besides funding schools and i feel like we really need to focus on education more and less on guns what is this country's obsession with guns it is very annoying it's sad it's sick because america has had too many gun deaths i'm just i'm gonna say that you know guns are not the only contributor to violence i know there are other factors like poverty urbanization alcohol consumption but when researchers control like when researchers control for other crowdfunding variables they found time and time again gun ownership is the major reason Talking about gun deaths and guns is just very frustrating and it sucks. It's this constant topic that we have and I feel like we're never going to move past it and it's really sad that we only talk about it when people die and I feel like 
it will take someone who is like a huge NRA follower or whatever to like be an actual mass shooting and for them to experience that it will take something of that fervor and that magnitude for them to actually like really think and consider all the facts and really like honestly look at how America idea like idolizes our guns and how we put it on a pedestal the violence that we love to like see and that we love to like incorporate in our daily lives but you don't see how that could actually like kill someone it hurts someone you love and you just think of it as you're right you think it was a way to protect other people when really something could go terribly wrong and you could kill someone you never really like examine that there is a there that that could actually happen that that's a possibility and it's really sad you know it's just it's sad it sucks it really it sucks I don't know what to say about it. Um, next story. Uh, let's see. So apparently, a past, I don't know if it was this weekend. I think it was last weekend. A black teen uh, was assaulted in the northwestern state of Oregon at a country music festival before a kid rock set. The Associated Press reports that on a Monday, Lynn County Sheriff Jim Yod said that the Confederate flag wavers were driving through the camping area of Willamette Country Music Festival in Bronzeville, Oregon, flying their freak flag from a black pickup truck when a 18-year-old victim spoke. When the 18-year-old victim spoke out, uh, deputies learned that the black Ford pickup with three males was driving through the camping area near Section O, waving a large Confederate flag. Before the Kid Rock concert, the victim was walking in the area, yelled something to the males about their flag because he didn't like it. One man jumped out, and he and the victim exchanged further name-calling. The suspect hit the victim several times, and they drove, drove off the pick, pickup jacket. The victim, he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries, and... Lynn County Lieutenant Michelle Duncan are saying authorities are investigating whether or not the incident qualifies as a hate crime. I think that it is a hate crime and I do think that um, it's really sad that this kid got beat up over that and I hope that he is recovering and I really do get tired of like seeing black kids being assaulted you know, in the street and people getting away with it. And I hope that the person who hurt this black child, I hope that this person is found and that they are indicted with hate crime. And I hope that they go to jail because this 18 year old boy did not deserve to be beaten like that. So other news, um, CNN has suspended Contributor Paris Dennard. Dennard is a pro-Trump contributor on CNN, and he was the subject of a Wednesday report by Washington Post, which revealed he had been fired by Arizona State University four years ago for alleged sexual harassment. According to the report, Dennard was accused of making sexually explicit comments and gestures towards women, according to documents in a university official. CNN says that they are aware of the reports of accusations against Dennard and they are suspecting him effective immediately. We will look into the allegations. Um, 
According to a university report obtained by the Post, Dennard acted inappropriately with a recent graduate of ASU who worked with her for a time at a time. He told her he wanted to have sex with her, pretended to unzip his pants in her presence, and tried to get her to sit on his lap and made masturbatory gestures, which is disgusting. And Dennard said, I cannot comment on items I have never seen regarding allegations I still believe to be false. This is sadly another political, politically motivated attempt to besmirch my character and shame me to silence for my support of President Trump and the GOP. Now listen, Dennard, no one is trying to shame you, you idiot. Okay? I honestly get so tired of... I get tired when men are accused of sexual assault and allegations are made against them and they just say, this is trying to bring me down. You're trying to ruin my character. You're trying to hurt me and all this other bullcrap. Listen, listen, listen. Shut up. All right? Shut up. I get tired of sexual abusers constantly accusing people who come forward with sexual assault that they are trying to ruin their character, they're trying to ruin their career, they're trying to put a bad state on them, they're trying to ruin their life, they're trying to take away their livelihood. Paris is gonna be fine. Paris will be okay, as many other men have been fine when they are accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual abuse. And I do have to say, in the topic of sexual abuse, sexual harassment, I want to say that sexual predators are not the victims of their crimes. They are the criminals, okay? There are powerful men who do gross, disgusting things in private to women, try to squash women's ambitions and their passions in a way they are called out on it or trying to be held accountable for what they have done. These men do not take the time to grow and to change and become better people. You know, recently it's been revealed that TJ Miller, Aziz, I'm sorry, and Louis C.K. are going to comedy clubs and try, and they're performing, basically. And I, you know, it's comedy, it's their job, but, and they're trying to, like, take back their life. And there is a path to redemption, there is a path to coming back to what you used to do, but you need to rehabilitate. You need to honestly examine yourself and be like, why did I punch my ex-girlfriend in the face, huh? Why did I have sex with that girl in a way that was very gross and not very consensual, to be perfectly honest? Why did I pull out my dick and masturbate in front of women for 20 years, you know? Redemption isn't picking up where you left off. It is accepting the consequences, coming forward, acknowledging your mistakes, saying, yes, I did this, it was not consensual, I thought it was, but you know what, I was probably wrong because this girl came forward and I should listen to her story because of what happened to her, how she feels, and what she says matters, and 
how I feel in the situation it's not the same as her because she is the victim and you need to try to show remorse for what you've done and have a real regard for the people that you have hurt and oftentimes that means you need to go away for longer than a year maybe two maybe three and sincerely try to change and be better you know better not be caught up in the me too movement it is a constant cho- it's a conscious choice to assault and abuse women and we cannot decide and we cannot pick, nitpick on how these men have served their times i think it's more to the abuse the the people who have been abused i think it's more to the survivors you know and uh it's not the survivors jobs to teach these men how to grow and how to change you know men have to do that work they have to do what they need to do the work in order to redeem themselves like if they drink too much they need to stop drinking you know if they were angry they need to go to anger management if y'all were doing coke maybe you need to stop doing cocaine it's it take it's these steps you need to take you know to become a better person it's not always like it's apologizing it's donating to sexual assault organizations that help women you know you can't just pick up where you left off it's ridiculous it's like if somebody assaulted you at work and you told the company and um, there was an investigation and now people know that you were assaulted but people don't believe you they think you're lying they're trying to pin you as like someone who can't have fun someone who's a bitch and then eventually this person's fired so now people think that you made this person lose their job and you feel sad and you feel like you can't work and people are looking at you like there's something wrong with you you try to move on you try to be better and then like a couple months later this person's back at work like nothing happened and everyone is so happy to see this person but you are stuck with the memory and the feeling of how this person hurt you how this person abused you how this person made you feel unsafe at work how this person made you feel like you were such like a piranha for opening up about how they abused you and this person just acted like everything's fine and everything's normal and nothing happened like they didn't just hurt you and they assault you and now you know that your place of work doesn't actually care about how you feel doesn't care about what happened to you doesn't care about your emotions the only thing they care about is having that guy back who assaulted you and what you need to realize is that these men who are abusers are not necessary you know we don't need them back if they're gone they're gone hire new women if a comedian is is fired because he assaulted he punched his girlfriend in the face hire a woman who's funnier than him more talented than him and probably worked 10 times harder than he did and she's probably dealt with sexual assault as well and she would be a better voice to have at the front of the conversation in comedy rather than some old rushed up like subpar comedian who is like kind of funny but not actually funny you know what i mean I think that we should um, take more time to just think about women who have been harassed and we need to, you know, think about how they feel because people are so quick to jump on like, oh, what about the men? What about how they've been hurt? Like, just go somewhere. Just go somewhere in your house and leave us alone because Louis C.K. is a billionaire. Like, go away. Okay, leave. T.J. Miller was in two Deadpool movies. That's money. T.J. Miller is fine. Aziz, fine. 
let them be at home and like watch some Netflix and go to a therapy session or something. Be better, do better, don't come back for another three years, okay? Katherine Heigl was a bitch to Shonda Rhimes once and she didn't act for like years, alright? Lucy K pulls his dick out for the women and he's gone for only a couple months? No, gross, disgusting, not okay. Not okay. And now for my last thing I want to talk about, I do want to discuss Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico's governor updated the island's official death toll for victims of Hurricane Maria on Tuesday. And the release study estimated that hurricane caused 2,975 deaths in the six months following the storm. The researchers' findings have been long awaited. Puerto Rico Governor Ricardo Rosello, I believe, commissioned the independent study in February after months of public pressure over his administration's failure to adequately count the number of hurricane dead. At the time he commissioned the study, the governor said the research team would have the Puerto Rican government's full cooperation, including access to all mortality data. As a result, researchers estimate 22% more people died during the six months after the storm than would have had the storm not, hurricane not struck. They also said those most likely to have died were poor people and the elderly. I do have to say this is very depressing because even before Puerto Rico was dealing, even before Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, they were going into bankruptcy. Like Puerto Rico was trying to apply for its state, like statehood, as they are still a colony under the United States. And these people who died in Puerto Rico, they are U.S. citizens. And it is so sad that so many of them have died and that our current administration has done nothing to help them. It's sad how there are still so many children who were separated from their parents at the border and there are kids who are reuniting with their moms and they don't recognize their parents because they're traumatized by what has happened to them. It's sad how there are kids who were arrested by ICE and they died in ICE custody. It's depressing. It's awful. It's heartbreaking and it happens so often. And it, it just wears on your spirit how the hateful rhetoric of Hispanic Latinx people, how there are people who are literally in office who write legislation and they write bills and they do not believe that Latinx people are de more are deserving of like housing and shelter and food the same way that someone who is white and it's heartbreaking that a country has 2,000 people dead according to the study and yet there has not been enough legislation there's not been enough to talk about this like Capitol Hill and also there was a storage facility where there was food donated to Puerto Rico to help the hurricane victims and the food was found moldy, forgotten, locked away. That's very heartbreaking. And I do want to say that I do think about and I pray for the people who have been hurt 
by the current administration because it's more than rhetoric. It's more than hateful speech online. It's more than people throwing white supremacist rallies. It's an ideology. It's a belief that they have. And this belief is in the hearts of people who are running for office. It's the people who are currently in office who are senators, who are representatives, who are in Congress. It is this belief that black and brown people don't matter. And they don't matter as in like a whole country is dealing with the wake of a hurricane and there's no one on Capitol Hill really like truly fighting to help them. That there were children who were taken away from their parents and slowly being brought back together. But what's going to happen to these families where they're re reunited? Are they going to be thrown in jail? Or are they going to be deported? You know? Are they going to be able to stay in the United States? It's... It's so... It's hard to think about it. You know, it's hard to process it. And I really wish I had like... I really wish I had a hopeful message for you. I really wish I had something to tell you that would make you believe. But uh, I feel like the only thing I could do really is like pray and have faith that there are people who are working hard. Like the races, R-A-I-C-E-S, the organization in Texas, I just, I know that they are working very hard to help the immigrants at the border. I know there are people in Puerto Rico who are working hard to rebuild their country. I know that. And I just continue to pray that something changes, I guess. And that things get better. I hope. For everyone's sake. I just hope and I pray that things get better. episode is kind of mellow and like quiet and kind of sad but i really want to thank you guys so much for listening i really appreciate your support please visit my patreon on my patreon page recommendations for this week i recently finished the series unreal this show ended after four seasons it's all seasons are streaming on hulu it's amazing you should definitely check it out i also started watching daria again which is also on hulu super excited about that i started watching steven universe and shameless and I also have been getting into Insecure, which just came back for their new season. And I've also been watching Sharp Objects, which is on HBO. And it's really amazing. It's super great. I love these shows so much. And I just want to say thank you again, you guys, for listening. It really means the world to me. If you have anything you want me to talk about on my podcast or my YouTube channel, please email me at dulcion at hotmail.com. Thank you so much once again. You guys mean the world to me. And I hope you all have a wonderful, blessed week. Thank you. God bless. And goodbye.